Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. NFT Tones is joining us on this Friday, and we've got myself this morning, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple was hindered by the lawsuit due to the SEC, but this thing, it's not totally behind us. With a $770 million dispute currently underway, we listened to John Deaton discuss how this could impact all United States regulation. With tokenization taking the world by storm, we break down how JP Morgan and XRP could enhance each other's products as the largest companies on the planet are now turning to crypto as a new form of payment. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how these institutions are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it straight to you for some introductions. But today, I wanted to play this video. This is 13 seconds of Waters Above. Here we go. And then it had this kind of double pump, which I do kind of feel is possible again. It won't be as dramatic as this. It won't be as much gains, but absolutely in the cards. And the timing of it, I think, will actually be similar, too. So you can mark my words on this. I think March into April of 2024 will be when we go, when when the rocket ship takes off. There you have it, Johnny Crypto. I thought that would probably be the best way to kick off this Friday. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Oh, now you got me feeling better after hearing that from Waters Above, man. That's freaking awesome. Uh, no, abs, abs, I'm feeling great. It's a Friday weekend. You know, hopefully everybody's looking forward to the weekend and getting excited. I certainly am. 
and uh, I don't know what's going on in my background here, but good morning to all the Word Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you for showing up every single day. Boy, that looks so pretty. Just such a pretty picture. Look at those pretty green pictures they're at. They look great. Look, I don't know what – I'm not sure how I feel about the pretty comments, but I love the UI when it comes to Merlin. And check it out, guys. Bitcoin's sitting at just below $34,000 this morning. NFT tones. We're going to be breaking down NFTs throughout the episode as well. But specifically, we're going to be talking about the U.S. becoming extremely crypto-friendly and how there's new videos from the Senate Banking Committee meeting yesterday indicating the U.S. has always been crypto-friendly. But we're going to break that down later on. First of all, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm. It's great to be here. I'm excited for the news, and I'm excited for what the U.S. is bringing because it's finally looking good for crypto in the United States. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure I go that far yet, but I certainly do. <laughs> I certainly do agree. As I was talking to uh, Angelina Love last night, who's one of a uh, one of our guests on the show here, and uh, you know she's a w. She said she's a, uh, a wrestler. And I was telling her, you know, about how we. Oh, that thing didn't. That, I thought we muted that bad boy. I did mute that oh, bad guys, boy. let me, Johnny. Let me run through the introduction. I'll kick it back to you for your story because we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at three TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of the daily movers this morning, relatively green. The market is up about one percent. We've got Hex Token down sixteen percent. Chainlink up three percent. Gala up two percent. And Flare Network or Flare Token up three percent here when we check out the total coin market cap this morning we are still up significantly sitting at 1.24 trillion in total market cap bitcoin is for 53 percent dominance ethereum is about 17 percent we've got bitcoin sitting at 33,900. ethereum 1778 xrp is still trading above 50 cents sitting at 55 cents this morning and cardano trading at 29 cents and guys we already got 186 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and johnny this was a video I saw yesterday. So one of our listeners tagged, I think it's Crypto Hulk or something along those lines on Twitter. I'll figure it out later. He tagged me in this video on Twitter and I immediately thought about you. Listen to how this man talks about crypto and then we'll discuss what it means for our listeners. I can drill down a little. When Mayhem talks about tokens, I don't know if people spend much time thinking about this. So what are we talking about here? What is Bitcoin? What is Ethereum? What are these other Solana, Cardano, these other tokens you've heard about? The way I think about it is... They're not very different than HTML, Bluetooth, STMP, other protocols that allow us to use the internet to communicate. They're they're protocols that allow us to use the internet to do different things, to record where value is and who's transferring value to who. And they all have different properties. Bitcoin has some unique features, program scarcity, anonymity. Ethereum has other features. It, it's, it's highly programmable. It's used with a lot of smart contracts. It's like an OS, an operating system for value on the internet. Every, every token relates to a different design of a, of a distributed ledger technology to record uh, uh, value on either a public or a private internet. So they all have, when people come to me and say, I've heard about this great new token, what do you think? And I say, well, I haven't heard about it. But if there's any value, the value is in, the, in, in its network. And what does that network do? And that's why that clip is so important, Johnny. First of all, the comparison between TCIP and the internet, as well as Bluetooth, that's a primary example. And you've used that on our show for like eight months now. So shout out to you, my friend. The second example is the value is in the network and in the underlying ledger. 
That means the tokens, guys. You can't have a valuable ledger without a valuable token. So, Johnny, what do you take away from these clips? And we're going to dive into some XRP content. Well, first of all, I love that guy. That guy's freaking great. He must be a technical guy, too. Um, but he's absolutely spot on right. Each one of these uh, blockchain technologies solves a real-world issue, as I was saying. <clears throat> but it's how things happen behind the scenes 90% 95% of the time. So nobody really cares because nobody cares how stuff works behind the scenes, but it's like an upgrade of HTML or TCP IP or Bluetooth, right? Each one of them solves something. And that's why I tell everybody, I, I guess maybe we don't stress this enough. When we say we're looking for a cryptocurrency or technologies that solve real-world use cases. I don't think people understand what we mean by real-world use cases. That's what we mean. We mean it's going in there, and it says, hey, today I do something in this way. And this technology can help me do that same thing, but that way I can do it better, different, cheaper, faster, right? And, and, and it really replaces or solves a problem that we're doing, that we're, we're living today with. That's what you're looking for. That's why a lot of your heroes say a lot of things, shit coins, right? We talk about shit coins because shit coins mean they do nothing. They don't solve a problem. Like Doge, as much as people are going to argue that it has utility, it doesn't solve anything. It doesn't, it's not making cross-border payments faster. It's not that, it's just a meme coin that, you know, you could use to transfer back and forth. Now, if Elon ends up, adopting it and says, Hey, I'm going to use it as my payment system. Then, okay. Then that's its utility, you know, that it can be used as a currency, but that's it. But these other blockchains actually try to solve something. And so I hope that's clear abs, that that's why it's so important. And you said something else. When you talk about the value of it, the value and whether it gets adopted, is going to be how well it can do its job. Can it actually solve, you know, do HTML faster or be a new, it can quant replace, you know, TCP IP or you know, be the, be that version of it in, in the in the blockchain world. And, and if it can and it can do it better than anybody else, then now it has some value. Now, what we don't know and what I'm still waiting to see is how that value of the underlying code translates to value in the cryptocurrency that you and I are buying. And that's that's the unknown right now in my mind how that whole thing is going to play. I mean, you know what the values are. You can see them today. You can see the worth of every single coin. The problem is there's no utility driving them. It's all speculation. right now. So that's the thing. I hope that kind of helps. It does. Sorry, the mute button got me there, guys. And we got 263 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, this is kind of an illustration that breaks down what we were just talking about. The ledger is what matters. If companies like Facebook, Google, Uber, Airbnb, not only begin uploading their data, but the value behind that data onto these blockchains, that's when the real value is going to come in. And we're going to talk about tokenization later in this episode as well. But this is a video I found to be very interesting. This is a video from the Senate Banking Hearing Committee yesterday where they're addressing the long-term viability. We are seeing the narrative shift around crypto right now, and it's kind of splitting in two directions. You have a very pro-crypto pro narrative coming from institutions. You have a very negative narrative coming from the governments. This is a short video about the data the governments are giving us in regards to the nefarious activity happening on crypto networks. The Wall Street Journal recently reported that Hamas and Palestine Islamic Jihad since 2021 have received roughly $130 million in crypto financing via offshore exchanges and platforms like Binance. It's important to note that these figures are disputed 
and per independent analysis that was released just this week, could be overestimated by as much as 99%. The data analytics firm cited in this Wall Street Journal report has even disputed the estimates that were reported, stating that there is no evidence to suggest that Hamas fundraised anything close to this $130 million reported. Make no mistake, any such funding is unconscionable and should be addressed in a thoughtful, targeted way in order to choke off these terrorists. But we should do this without pushing the crypto industry overseas. And that's what we're seeing right now, a coordinated effort to push the crypto industry overseas. And what I really like about that video is he's highlighting the numbers that were given are not factual. A lot of times we think the Department of Justice gives us these networks. It's about stats. It's about data. Well, who's creating that data? And what's the incentive behind giving us the numbers that they're giving? Telling us $130 million in nefarious activity happens on the crypto network. To me, it actually doesn't sound like a lot of money, believe it or not. But even if it was uh, entirely true, 130 million was happening, they're estimating that 99% of that could be false data and there's no accountability here, guys. So that's the reason I wanted to play that video, but we don't have to spend too much time on that, Johnny, because I found this interesting statistic yesterday as well. First of all, when we talk about XRP and how early we are, the total market cap for the token right now is only $29 billion priced at 55 cents. I went and looked up the total assets that BlackRock has under management. If you look at 2008, right after the financial crisis, BlackRock had $1.3 trillion under management. Fast forward about 13 years to 2021, right after the C-19 crisis, they are managing over $10 trillion in total assets. And think about this, guys. $30 billion could buy all the XRP in circulation. Imagine if they decided to allocate just a tenth of a percentage of people's portfolios into altcoins going forward. That's what I think we're on the precipice of, Johnny. What do you think about everything I just said? Well, we know one thing for certain, Abs. We know that BlackRock is certainly going to come into and drive this space of, of um, I, I got to be careful here because I say the word crypto, but right now we know that its primary push is for Bitcoin today. And they are pushing it hard. We know they've applied for a BTC ETF. If you do your homework, you'll realize that Bitcoin, you're, you're going to realize that BlackRock owns more than just the actual, you know, Bitcoins themselves. Um, they also own the miners, so they're smart. But um, the reality is, I think that there's a ton of money under their, their, their management class. And if they continue, and I think they will after this Bitcoin thing, continue to hear that their clients want more and more exposure to crypto apps they're the ones that are going to make it happen um and 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 i'm not so sure how if they're going to be heavy investors in it they might but they'll certainly create products that will allow people like you you keep asking me all the time are we going to get an xrp etf well you know if they see that they can you know if there's demand for it absolutely you're probably going to get one you know you're probably i think and i've said this on the show abs i don't know why we wouldn't get a crypto etf if you think about it Okay, right now there are tons of ETFs out there. There's there's a precious metal ETFs, there's oil ETFs or energy ETFs, there's banking ETFs in there, and you know, right? So I just mentioned three different segments. Well, why wouldn't you have crypto ETFs and maybe different segments of crypto ETFs, like a smart contract ETF, you know, that, that might have something like a uh an, uh an Ethereum in it a Solana in it, a Cardano in it, right? And then you could have a cross-border payment or a, uh, sorry, not cross-border. You could have like a financial uh, payments thing. You could have a gaming ETF. God, it's endless. 
it really it really is and it's, 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 it's i'm getting excited here because you know it certainly can happen i think you're right and, and it will if there's the demand for it and that that abs that drives huge huge demand for, for, for the crypto industry because now these companies who run the etf let's say you open the etf you have to go fill it you can't you can't offer an ETF with people and have nothing in it. You have to go buy the underlying asset and hold on to it. And that does a good thing. That takes, if you think about it, that takes float out of the market. That takes coins out of the market. So you buy them, you hold them. And now that if those coins aren't trading, you know, price, just so the price going up is higher probability. Completely agree with you, Johnny. And we're seeing that right now from large financial firms. We got 310 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto just briefly broke it down. How companies like BlackRock now buying cryptocurrency is going to affect the market going forward. Well, listen to this article right here. And I'm kicking it back to you and Tones for some comments. BlackRock seeding for the spot-based Bitcoin ETF as the financials giant is gearing up for a launch inside the United States. And get ready for this, guys. Because although the massive liquidity run isn't even here yet, this is the first sign that it's coming. BlackRock is seeding for its spot Bitcoin ETF traded fund. BlackRock announced that the seeding in a recent amendment to their spot Bitcoin ETF filing at the SEC. This filing was called an iShares Bitcoin Trust, and we even briefly saw it listed on the DTC a couple of days ago. Seeding for an ETF is when the initial fund is provided by a bank or broker dealer and used to purchase a few creation units in exchange for an ETF shares, which can be traded in the open market one day. So what they're doing is they're going out getting a little bit of income, purchasing Bitcoin, and then offering it to their clients in an ETF product. A really important note here. It says seeding is typically not a lot of money, just enough to get the ETF started. So I wouldn't read this as, oh my God, BlackRock is buying a ton of Bitcoin, but more in fact that they're doing it and disclosing it, it shows another step in the right direction. Analysts are also prepared for the ETF. As, a, as an analyst at BlackRock said, they're already preparing to launch this product. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you for some more comments. And then I've actually got an interesting corresponding article, but give me some thoughts and we'll kick it around. Oh my God. Such bullish news. I mean, guys, it's going to happen. It's happen. It's going to happen. Right. This is all the things you do up front to get this thing prepared and going. They know it's going to come. We're just waiting for literally whenever the SEC says, okay, green light it. And then we're going to get it. We're going to get this thing. And so they've seeded the ETF right now, that means they went and they bought some Bitcoin and they put it in the ETF. It's there. Now, here's something I want to talk about that's going to confuse everybody. Okay. People are going to start hearing that this BTC ETF is a security. And they're going to say, wait a minute. I thought the SEC said Bitcoin is not a security. So let me help everybody understand. I'm going to, I'm going to help our, our listeners, anybody who's listening here, kind of get a head start of, of what this means. So remember, Anything, this bottle of vitamin water can be a security, depending on how I offer it, right? If I take a non-security like Bitcoin, which we know it's not a security, and then I package it in a in an asset class like an ETF, if I put it in an ETF and I now say, hey, come buy this ETF, which holds Bitcoin in it, which could go up over time, I've just turned a non-asset, I'm sorry, a non-security into a security offering because I made a new product called a Bitcoin ETF and I filled it with Bitcoin. It's no different than me going and buying real estate houses and then packaging them and then selling that off to somebody, right? Uh, they, when they would and guaranteeing them a monthly income if I tokenized and gave them some portion of it. That's a security because I'm offering people 
a potential future profit off of work I'm doing. BlackRock is offering people a oh hello there look, look at this one is offering is offering people a product that could grow over time. They're offering potential future um what's the word uh, gains off of something off of the effort that they're doing to put this thing together. That's a security app. So I know people are going to say, well, I thought Bitcoin was a security. Bitcoin is not a security. It never will be. But when you offer Bitcoin in an ETF product, or if you offer XRP, which we've heard also is not security, in a in, in a in an ETF, it's going to be a The actual ETF itself is a security. So I hope that's clear, Abs, in terms of the difference between a security and not a security. Definitely clears up a lot of the confusion. And guys, the purpose of tokenizing any asset is to multiply its value. <laughs> what? Abs, I can't. I'm sorry. He said mute the kitty. <laughs> that was great. I'm sorry. So this is what I really wanted to focus on. This is the marketing campaign that was ran for Ripple back during the 2017 bull run. Ripple, or not Ripple, but XRP the token went from less than a penny in value to nearly $4 in only 240 days. That is a 70,000% gain for the asset. And this is what's really exciting. The second that these assets start to rise in price, that is the second the mainstream marketing campaign begins. And this is an example from Alex Cobb. He tweeted out yesterday. He said, never forget how hard the mainstream media was pumping XRP during all-time highs. Imagine what they'll do at $20. Here we go. So is Ripple the next big breakout coin? And if so, how do you even buy it? Well, fear not, because our very own crypto baller, BK, is here to tell us exactly how to do just that, BK. Yeah, sure. So Ripple has been on an absolute tear. And, and just to add to what Seema talked about, what Ripple really is going after is the SWIFT network or international payment transfer. So what you're talking about here is an upgrade of the international financial system. And that's a very big market. So that's why people are very excited about it. So let's go to uh, Poloniex and figure out how do we buy this here. So here I am. I'm on the Poloniex website. You can see over on this side, here's all the trades that are going on. Remember, cryptocurrencies trade 24-7. This market never sleeps. Okay, so here we have Ripple. You can see these big moves. Now let's scroll down to the order page, okay? So you can see I can buy Ripple. I can sell Ripple. Here's all my buy orders. First of all, why are they calling it Ripple when it clearly says XRP on the trading page? I don't understand the PSYOP that's going on there. But listen to what he said at the beginning of the clip, Johnny. He said this is a revolution in finance and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. That is so exciting for everybody. I'm kicking it to you and then we'll continue. Abs, this, this is embarrassing when you're going to come on. If you're going to bring people on a show and you're going to say, hey, Talk to the, the industry about uh, this technology. Can we at least get it right? Okay, so now let me unconfuse people because you've just been confused. Ripple is a company. XR, you can't buy Ripple on Poloniex. Don't try to go out there and watch this video and go buy Ripple on Poloniex. It ain't going to happen. Okay, guys, you can't do it. it doesn't, it's not possible. Why? Because Ripple is a company like Microsoft, like Amazon, okay? XRP is a product, a cryptocurrency or a technology with a cryptocurrency, a blockchain that Ripple made that's now out in the public and being used to solve problems. And it has a cryptocurrency that you can buy that you can buy on Poloniex. You have to separate the two. They're not the same. He said Ripple's been on a tier. I guess he's not looking at the price chart. 
because if he was referring to Ripple's XRP, XRP hasn't been on a tier ups. We know it's been sitting around 50 cents. So no, remember, this is from 2017 during the price run. And the reason I'm showing this clip is because. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. You're right. I, I got, I got, I, yeah, I might have farted there for a second. Yeah, back then, Ripple was on a tier. You're right. It was back in 2017. But the point being is, even then, they were confusing people by not explaining the difference between Ripple, the company, in XRP, the uh, the cryptocurrency. I do want to remind you that XRP was actually gifted to Ripple and it was originally OpenCoin. Yeah. Then they began developing the XRP right. ledger as a company. But guys, we got 366 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and listen to this clip one more time because I think these opening statements are so important. Tell us exactly how to do just that, PK. Yeah, sure. So Ripple has been on an absolute tear. And, and just to add to what Seema talked about, what Ripple really is going after is the SWIFT network or international payment transfer. So this is CNBC. So what he just said there is Ripple is going after the SWIFT network, aka the international payment system. What you're talking about here is an upgrade of the international financial system. And that's a very big market. So that's why people... This is unbelievable. Can you, why aren't they playing this type of information right now? We know exactly why, guys. It is a bear market and they're going to start this marketing oh. campaign again. Floor is yours, Johnny. We'll kick it to town. They're going to pump this thing. They're going to get out the pump and pump this whole bitch like you've never seen pump before. They're going to talk about how Ripple is the next best thing against sliced bread and it, it can solve the SWIFT problem and this and that. And it's so great. And oh, by the way, it's not a security. You know, you don't have to worry about it. There's going to be so much when they decide to spin up the media machine about when they when when the big boys are ready to pump rip uh xrp dude you're gonna see xrp skyra you're you're gonna get so many positive narrative news and a lot of it isn't even gonna be true or it isn't gonna be real or it's it's gonna be like what i call hype news meaning it's a possible thing but it's not a real thing but it don't matter they're gonna print it they're gonna run with it and they're just gonna create all this excitement media excitement around it and, you know, the only good news for you and me and every single person here in that chat is the fact that that's going to help inflate the crap out of the price of XRP. And that's when you got to make sure you have an exit plan to take profits. Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it back and connect this to the original video that we started the episode with. Waters Above said something very important. He said March to April of 2024 is when XRP will take off. And think about this. If they were running these marketing campaigns at the peak of the market back then, they're going to do the exact same thing this time. When you should be taking profit is when they're telling you to buy these assets. So I want to ask you, do you agree with Waters Above? We're only four to six months away from massive price action for XRP. Do you believe a marketing campaign will follow? You know, one thing I, I, I always refrain from is making predictions on timing because it's it's a fool's game. I'm not good at that. That's what Waters does. He's good at that. You know, if Waters says it's going to happen, then there's something lining up there that he's seeing that makes him believe it, Abs. And so I'm going to be optimistic. But frankly, when I'm just, when I look at my own personal experience, what I saw in the last bull run, we saw maybe around 2021, January, it kind of started. And then by April, everything was pumping. So it took about three months. And then it would last, I mean, and then, then we got a double pump. So it was maybe a whole year by the time it happened. So, if again, the and that was after the halving. So if the halving is going to happen in March or April, I would think that then the whole Ripple thing would be, you know, three to months, four months after that. So I was thinking it'd be more like the summer, but listen, I ain't going against Waters. If Waters says it's going to be in that time frame, I'm going to be marketing it on my calendar and keeping an eye on it. 
I want to remind our listeners, we have a poll in the live chat right now. Do you believe that XRP is going to break above $1.90 in 2024? Very simple this morning. Give us a yes or give us a no, and we're going to use that information at the end of the show. But the question that I originally asked you, Johnny, was do you believe a marketing campaign will follow price action the same way we saw in 2017? Oh, yes, 100% abs. As I was saying earlier, you're going to see a marketing campaign like you've never seen before. They're going to promote the shit out of all this stuff when they're ready. And they'll pro- and they probably got it already set up in 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 um in like like um like fireworks. You know, you launch this firework, then you launch that firework, then you shoot that firework, so you get a nice show, right? Think about firework launching. I think you'll see a similar thing. First, they'll talk about uh, I'm gonna get the order wrong, but I'll give for an example. First, they're gonna talk about Bitcoin. You're gonna hear about the ETF, you're gonna hear a shit ton about that for a while. Then they're gonna flow it over to maybe smart contracts, then they'll start talking about payment systems. Then they'll probably start talking about the metaverse and gaming. Tokenization. Huh? Then tokenization. And then tokenization and NFTs. So for me, this is why I tell everybody who does a one-on-one with me or consultation with me, I tell them all the time. In fact, I'm glad I got one tomorrow. forgot about it. But anyway, so the point is, the reason what I tell everybody is you want to make sure your portfolio has segments, segmentations, your, your, you're well diverse in that. And then I walk them through the different segments and kind of try to try to, you know, show them what I'm doing anyway. Right. I you know, I'm not financial advice, can't give financial advice, but I basically will talk about what I'm doing in the space in the segments that are out there. And then they can go off and do their own research and that kind of a thing. But yeah, dude, it's so important because I think you're going to see a cycling of the different segments and you're going to, just like you said, yes, I will answer the question. I believe wholeheartedly you will hear tons of articles. And especially, I think, this time around for Ripple. Because think about apps. We didn't hear a lot about Ripple, the company, and XRP, the token much. Because all we kept hearing about the last bowl was lawsuit. I mean, seriously. How many articles? And we did hear a little bit about a little cross-border outside the country. But we didn't hear a lot of good news in. We just kept hearing about the lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Well, guess what? That narrative and that monkey... Is off its back, and so I'm expecting to hear a lot of positive, positive, and some not even real news articles about how great Ripple is going to be and how it's going to solve the world world cross-border policy. I think we're going to hear a lot of that. And I think it's already started in some ways with the way that we've seen Larry Fink, even Gary Gensler adjust his stance on cryptocurrencies. I think that's a great indicator of what we're going to see in 2024 because the second these prices rise and the second institutions are ready to take profit in this market – They're going to tell Johnny Crypto to go buy these assets so they have that exit liquidity. But guys, we got over 400 live listeners joining us on this Friday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is an exciting article that happened yesterday as Ripple can now offer Ripple payment ODL services inside the USA. And specifically, they're going to be leveraging Uphold for this product. What we're about to break down right now is the more important connection This is an event happening on November 8th through November 9th in Dubai, and it is held once a year. It is called the Ripple Swell event. Here's a 30-second video breaking it down. The Middle East is one of the most important regions in the world for crypto. From payments to tokenization, there is a genuine adoption, and importantly here in the UAE, a clear regulatory framework. That is why in Dubai is the perfect place to hold our annual Swell Global Conference. I hope to see you there. So not too much being revealed, guys, but what I did is I went over to their website and I decided, let's see who we can identify as speakers for this event. So we've obviously got a lot of the Ripple team members. 
We've got a Polygon member, a Medico member, and remember that was newly acquired this summer by Ripple in a $250 million acquisition. You've also got the head of digital assets for the DBS bank here. And this is a bank that's way ahead of the game when it comes to tokenization. I was watching a digital asset investor earlier uh, video earlier this morning, and he played a portion of this interview where they were talking about how tokenization of assets has always been on the mind for DBS because they're able to multiply the value of the things they already own. But guys, we got 404 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I No, we did not lose Johnny Crypto. He just needed a quick bathroom break. And we are going to break this down very, very briefly, guys. But before we do, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Tones, it is the smartest way to track your crypto. And the best part is you get 30 days absolutely free. What we were about to break down is this video out of Ripple where they're discussing how back in 2020, the number of banks that were joining RippleNet were scaling up according to SWIFT. Customers using the ODL system as a bridge currency were mostly fintech companies. And a lot of banks are watching the crypto space, such as DBS Bank, which we just highlighted. Their head of digital assets will be speaking at the Ripple Swell event on November 8th. So this is pretty exciting here, guys. I'm going to play this video and then we'll discuss. So firstly, almost majority of the banks, and I just want to be very open, are using the, the messaging layer of the Ripple, right? Where they're essentially communicating with EMB in a super efficient manner. And that is scaling up, right? Banks are using us more and more across more corridors, right? So for example, they may start with corridor in India. Then they say, hey, you know what? I want to use you in corridor in Pakistan, in Morocco, in, in lots of, in the US and in multiple countries around the world. And there, primarily, they were using Swift earlier, and they start to use RippleNet because this essentially allows them in terms of standardized API capability between two institutions, right? Uh, most of the uh, customers were using us for the, the second part, which is the liquidity part, in which XRP is used as the bridge, are regulated PSPs, right, or fintechs, uh, which are essentially using it. Because for them, cost of capital is prohibitive, right? So on an, on an average, sometimes the weighted average cost of capital back could be up to 30% for a fintech versus for a bank, it tends to be almost zero because they have got a huge amount of depositors. And then the last thing that I would say is having worked at a bank, two banks for the last 15 years, banks are inherently conservative, right? It will take them some time to get comfortable with digital assets, even though it is being passed on through the regulated exchanges, right? So banks will take a little bit longer time in terms of adoption but all of them are watching so if you look at dbs the bank in your region um, they are already selling bitcoin ethereum and xrp to its customers there are a lot of other discussions we are having with banks as well who are saying essentially our customers want to buy digital assets and how do we participate 
but has it come in terms of in an active form uh, on our platform? It hasn't as yet. Think about this, Johnny. He said all that information on June 22nd of this year. So this is all relative and it's relatively new. But what really stuck out to me was he said they're already using the messaging system on top of RippleNet. The next step is transferring that value. And the second big thing, he said most of the companies that are leveraging XRP for on-demand liquidity are fintech companies. Banks will move last, but inevitably they will move. And I think that's when we get a massive storm into the crypto market. But guys, we got 401 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And with all of this happening, it is going to affect the price of XRP. But Johnny, before we finish out with some strong articles, what does this clip mean to you? Yeah, you know, Abs, very significant things he talked about there. First of all, Kramer said he won't hit the button unless my phone rings, Abs, just so you know. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Johnny Crypto, if you're going to poke the bear, it's gone off five times. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I muted the damn thing, too. That's the funny yo, part. But yo, anyway. let, let me just say, I took the over on that. Thank you, Break Bread. <laughs> oh, but, you know, this is so exciting here that. You're finally hearing, you know, I think the most important part when I heard him say, he literally said, banks are using it right now. He or, or his fintech customers are using it right now. People are finally adopting and trying their technology. And what they're going to realize at the end of the day is that Ripple has a solution there in their ODL or their, whatever they call it now, their payment system, that I think is going to find its way somewhere in this system, somewhere in there. Now. Um, the thing to remember though, Abs, and there's an article I actually tweeted out today. So if you guys get a chance to check out my Twitter page, um, where the head of, yeah, there it is. The head of Amazon literally talks about payments, cross-border payment solutions in the future and how ISO 222 is going to help that shift by everybody normalizing to that standard and then, and then driving that standard through digital solutions. And the most important thing he says is right there. Everybody wants to reduce friction in the payment system. And they're all coming at it from different angles. Okay. And that's important because what he just said, the other guy said the same thing was people are looking for solutions. There's not going to be any one single. And he goes on to say here too, in this article, if you guys watch it, he talks about how there isn't any silver bullet apps. There's no one solution. And yes, the SWIFT system is out there. Ripple is going after it. That's probably why they, you know, they put themselves away. Got sued in the long run. Who knows? Messing with the big boys. But nonetheless, uh, there. That's why I'm excited. Because at first I was like, oh man, you know, if Swift ends up partnering with Chainlink, and they already own all the system, they're going to stay in there. But I think what's going to happen is no, 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 no. These fintech companies are going to find solutions using. Ripple's app, yeah, yeah, using Ripple's technology, and you're going to find it getting itself in the doors in many, many places, whether it's tokenization or costing or cross-border. We know that Ripple has their hands in all elements of the pie. They've got their hands everywhere out there. They know there's a big pie out there. And at first, I think they at first originally were focusing on apps, just the actual uh, cross-border payment solutions. But now they've expanded way beyond that. They're going into, you know, what medical, they're going into custody. And we know they're doing tokenization. They're, they're going to be everywhere. I love Ripple as a company, but as I've said a lot, and our, I'm a man of our audience, and the audience wants me to put the coffee down and let Tone speak. So I'm going to stop and give the floor to anybody else who wants to talk. All right. So I, I just 
want to say this Amazon thing, I definitely think he's definitely big. I mean, we're talking about Jeff Bezos here pointing at XRP and saying that there's a big possibility here. So I feel like knowing what Amazon is capable of, knowing that they're pushing the crypto space, I feel like this is all the right leg forward. And we know that it's safer and safer to start investing in this space because before we know that there was a lot of fear due to the scams and everything going on. And with the bear market here right now, this is probably the best time to get in. Remember, not financial advice, but always do your own research. And this is something I found yesterday. It's very, very interesting. Over the last 13 years, and let me click the cameras here, Johnny, like always. Something's going on. Um, There we go. So for the last 13 years, Bitcoin has been the highest performing asset. And this is compared to gold, U.S. REITs, bonds, equities, commodities, DM equities, and EM equities. Well, here's what's really interesting. Look at the yearly percentage gain for Bitcoin from 2011 to 2013. This thing was averaging 2,500% per year. Then we had our first negative year for Bitcoin in 2014. And look at the pattern here. It is so clear. It is three positive, one negative. Three positive years, one negative year. Three positive years, 2022 was our one negative year. And think about it. We are entering a three-year period of bullish price action for Bitcoin. And obviously that's going to affect projects like XRP. We also had this really interesting update from the U.S. debt clock yesterday. I don't know if you were able to see this, Johnny. So I went and checked the website for myself, and this is 100% confirmed to be on their website this morning. And this is really interesting. Let me get my camera set here. So what it says is, I'll take a medium twist cone. I'm sorry, but we don't accept cash. Okay, fine. I'll beam it to you. I'm sorry, sir, but your purchase is coming up as declined on our side. That's impossible. You've I've got plenty of money in my account. I'm sure but I see a special code 186. There must be some mistake. No, sir. It means that you're not allowed to buy anything of a of substantial or satisfying nature. Shucks. I guess that means no more crypto loading or silver stacking. What is going on here, guys? And this is the first thing that came to my attention. This cannot be the Federal Reserve providing this information. There's just no shot. Putting silver and gold when we know that's the number one thing run to as a store of value against the US dollar it's pretty funny, Johnny, but I want to ask you, first of all, what was your initial reaction? And second of all, do you think this is something that should be taken seriously? The last line of this is, I guess that means no more crypto loading or silver stacking. Well, I mean, you know, the reality is you can almost replace that example with anything. I think with the message, look at them. Don't look so much at the example, but look at what it's trying to tell you as a whole. And it's saying, you know, that when the money's digital, Right. When you no longer have cash, if we as a society decide, thank you, Susie, if we as a society decide that we want to um, give up cash and go fully digital, then you have to understand the risks with that. And that's just the risk society has to take. And most of the kids already, a lot of nobody uses cash anymore. Abs. It's us older goats that use the cash. I don't even know if you use cash anymore, but I know most people don't. And the reality is because people are choosing not to use cash, what's going to happen is we will switch to shit digital. And this kind of scenario, theoretically, and if what I understand already, this kind of thing is almost happening today in China. Now, I think to happen here in the U.S., there would be an, a, an uproar that would, would be, you know, <laughs> I think it'd be a long time before you'd see this something that, even our congressman, if you remember, we had a video of a congressman not that long ago who literally said that very thing when he had Jerome Powell on the stand. I don't know if you remember that video, Abs, you probably do. 
And he literally said to him, you know, you know, we don't, you know, it was something along that lines of, you know, could the money be controlled, the privacy and all that? And he goes, no, 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 we're not going to, you know, have access to that. That's going to go through commercial banks. We're not going to be able to see what people are doing. We can't. No, it's a slippery slope. And that's not entirely true. They will be able to see what people are doing. But he assured the congressman that that scenario that he painted, which was literally that thing you just showed, you know, of limiting people, what they could do. He said, no, no, that will never happen. And and I think, you know, he's saying that because he has to say that because people would would go on an uproar if it wasn't. But when if that day were ever happened, Abs, you would probably see in America anyway, that's the day you'll see people starting to say, oh, no, 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 I'm going back to cash. The problem is it may be too late to go back to cash at that point. Well, we're seeing an anti-crypto campaign starting in America. And of course, the face of this new campaign, Johnny Crypto, is the one and only Elizabeth Warren. But we don't want to waste any time this morning. Let's stay on the positive articles. And what we broke down earlier was the connections between DBS and Ripple and the tokenization aspect of this. Well, Johnny, that's not some of the only biggest speakers at this event. So we've got some other very big names, and a lot of them are Ripple employees. But as you scroll through this list, you can tell tokenization, exchanges, financial institutions, a little bit of everything is going to be participating here. And this is the name that I think is most important. James Wallace, the vice president for central bank engagements and CBDCs at Ripple, will, of course, be attending this event. And we know that he's going to be engaging in some CBDC conversations. Johnny, there is one other thing I wanted to point out and just get your comments on as well as Tone's. Look at this update we got yesterday, and I found this to be so interesting. A user for Apple got an update about them tokenizing her platinum card, but these last two sentences are what really caught my attention. It said, Netflix, Amazon, Uber, Lyft, Venmo, and iTunes are examples of merchants that currently utilize tokenization. Your digital wallet, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung Pay leverage tokenization as well. That I think is so fascinating. Thinking, th Sitting here in 2023, knowing that companies like Apple, Amazon, Uber, Lyft are all currently leveraging tokenization, imagine when they start doing it at scale. And that's what I think we're on the precipice of. But any quick comments before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear from the youngsters. Let's hear from Tones on his thoughts on what he thinks. Uh, I know you had a comment there with Tones. What do you think about that whole thing? Uh, how, how do I get my card tokenized? I want to do that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I tell you. Um, but this is awesome. I mean, finding out that Netflix, Amazon, all these big companies already use it. I mean, um, most of us already use Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay. I, I use Apple Pay to buy crap all the time. I mean, I go to the store. I... I run a business for trading cards and I buy uh, booster boxes all the time with Apple Pay. It's so much easier and convenient. So, I mean, it, it's just it's just going to get easier and easier. And I definitely think that we're going to see more use cases for tokenization. Did you hear what he said? Two keywords. Easier and convenient. Cheaper, faster, cheaper, better. They go hand in hand. Believe me when I tell you. All right, guys, we're going to move on to another connection here as we've got a Wells Fargo and Ripple connection with Eden his articles. And we already got 400 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like. But I hope you have an amazing weekend. It is Friday, so it is conspiracy day. But we're bringing the hard facts with this article as Wells Fargo and Ripple have been working together in the past. And this Swift article highlights that here. It says Wells Fargo is looking into this area using Ripple as are a lot of other, a lot of other banks. Our technology allows fiat and cryptocurrencies to exist in parallel. This is another quote right here. When you look at the payment corridors that they've been working in, until late 2023, they've been working at addressing the issue of payment messages we send to other financial firms through the SWIFT network. So we talked about it with the Gupta video earlier, and I can't remember. I think it's Naveen Gupta. Think about this, Johnny. 
they they consider themselves a competitor to Swift, yet they do things Swift is unable to do. Swift can't transfer real-world value. They can only exchange data and move the value after the fact. So it seems very inevitable. But what do you think about Wells Fargo acknowledging Ripple within this Swift article? Yeah, I actually remember seeing this a while. You know, the, the, I think that, you know, again, there's many ways abs to skin a cat, you know. Not you know, and so or and so that's an old saying. So hopefully nobody gets offended by that. But anyway, there's many ways to do that. And so the thing is, that's what all these companies are sifting through right now, and that's what's going to happen over the next three to five years. Everybody's going to be trying to figure out what's the best way to do to leverage blockchain technology for the different things they're trying to solve for, whether it's cross-border payments or um, you know gaming or metaverse or or uh, cross, you know, payments, all those different types of things. People are going to be trying to figure that out. And so don't be surprised if you hear them, you know, starting to draw the name, the Ripple name in, because they know that Ripple's a player in this space. And if you want to do your due diligence, you have to look at it. You have to, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, Swift's out there today. I'm going to stick with them. No, you got to look at the different solutions and see what's down. We know Swift is partnering with, with Link and the CCIP to be able to do that, to, to try to keep them themselves relevant. And then you've got Ripple on the other side with a real solution for cross-border payments. And so you're going to see, a, yeah, this is going to be, like the way I kind of see it in my mind is these are the two big, the heavyweight champion fights, right? You've got Swift, which is the champion, who is now partnered with, with Link to kind of stay relevant, to kind of try to keep holding on to their belt even though they're getting old and they're aging. And then you got the young and up and coming champ or, or, or contender in this case, not champ contender and ripple that, you know, wants that belt. So we're going to see, it's going to be a battle for sure. Hey, if you ask the sec ripple is definitely the champ right now, but we got 387 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And Johnny, this is an article about Kinosaki and Warren Buffett, but it's a very positive article. So I want you to listen to these comments. Rather than pretend to be Warren Buffett, said Robert Kinosaki, picking bottoms, I'm just an average investor accumulating the asset I want for the long term. I've been accumulating gold, silver, Bitcoin, and real estate for years. And I just thought that was so great because we talk about this all the time on our channel. Having an exit plan is essential and selling these assets when prices are on the rise is how you make money in this market. You're not going to want to sell in 2024. You're not going to want to sell in 2025 because like we just showed you, Companies and institutions like CNBC and CNN will be telling you this is the time to purchase these assets and the bull run is only getting started. But I wanted to get some comments and then we'll close it out with some cool info. Well, no, I think you are going to want to sell abs. You're going to want to sell when you start seeing things go euphoric. When you really start seeing prices going extremely high, you get those crazy, we've all been there. We know what it likes if you're in a bull run, those crazy monster green candles, right? That we know are unsustainable. When you see one, two, three of those coming in, in a row, you, you typically want to sell and get out. And that's why you want to have something like a Merlin, right? You want to have an exit strategy. You want to be able to get out. You want to take some profits because abs, even in this crazy bull run that's coming and even in, you know, all the euphoria and all the excitement you're going to hear in positive news, we know it's not sustainable. We know that they're going to pump it up higher to be able to take profits at the high end. So we're, we want to now do the same thing and take some of those profits out. And then you do what Kiyosaki just said. Gold, silver, real estate. Why? Gold and silver, or and, and he also said uh, crypto or Bitcoin, right? Gold and silver 
are going to kind of hedge inflation. And real estate, great asset. You know why? Because you put your cash in and it makes more cash out. You want to, like Coach always says, you want to invest in assets. You want to put your money to work for you. You want your money to make more money for you. And that's what real estate does. So, yeah, I, I love his plan and abs. I have to say that to me, that's those are the four areas I always concentrate on. Gold, well, a little different. Gold, silver, crypto, real estate, and, of course, the other uh, very precious metal I always tell you about, and that's lead to protect it all. So like Larry Fink said just one week ago, Johnny Crypto, it's treasuries, gold, and crypto. That's <laughs> the flight to safety. That's the flight to quality, and it wasn't even a joke. He literally said that on an, in, on the mainstream news networks. Think about that, guys. If yes, I showed you that five years ago, you'd say it was AI. You'd say it was a fake clip. But this is a really important clip as well as we basically allow real-world asset tokens to come into existence. This is the founder of Chainlink discussing how they're revolutionizing finance with tokenization. Banks have different preferences about the blockchain technology that they want to use, and we're completely blockchain agnostic. So they would choose a blockchain technology that, for whatever reason, was their optimal technology in their region or for their technical goals. Then they would make the real-world asset token, but then the real-world asset token would need to be informed by various data. So for a gold coin, you would need to know that there's gold in the vault. For the real estate, you would need to know the status of the house. For any number of other assets, you need to know what's going on. You also then need to add identity data so the asset could be moved and comply with various regulations around identity. And then you need other information about the asset's valuation, price, and so on. So we basically allow real-world asset tokens to come into existence because as the longest-running provider of proof of reserves and other ways to enrich the token and the information in the token – we are the ones basically making that possible is, is the ability to make a token that doesn't just statically represent something, but that is consistently updated with the status of the thing it represents, which is go. what makes it a real world asset. And that's what, that's what Larry Fink understands. That's what JP Morgan understands. That's what all of these financial firms understand. If they have gold, you can tokenize that asset and now earn off the gold that's sitting in your vault. They're going to do that with real estate. They're going to do it with stocks, bonds, treasuries, Crypto assets, every single thing you can imagine will be tokenized at some point. And I've got some more thoughts, but I want to kick it to you, Johnny. Well, first of all, who, who abs? I love this video. What, who, 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 what, what, what Twitter account was that yours? Sounds like he's beatboxing over here, but uh, founder of Chainlink. <laughs> yeah, we, I want to, I, I like that. I want to retweet that. That is a really, really, really powerful and well said description of what they're trying to do. It's so important. Like people don't understand when I talk about to build a system, you're going to have multiple layers of stuff. If you listen to what he just said, he described to you the complexity of what it takes to make something happen. All right. Having just a raw token alone isn't doesn't really solve the entire problem. You need to know then inputs of the token and those inputs come from data. And you'll hear all the time Oracle. Oracle usually will provide those kinds of inputs. So, so, so important in what he talked about there. And that link is providing. Dude, I absolutely love Chainlink. Chainlink and Quant, two of my, like, again, you know how I talked about the segments? Obviously, one of the segments, which I forgot to mention, or not forgot, but just didn't mention, was interoperability. That, to me, is the biggest space that you want to make sure you're investing in in that area because of the fact that none of this stuff, well, I shouldn't say it can't work, but it doesn't work efficiently, cheaper, better, faster if it doesn't have the right layers um, bolted together to make it work. And that's where Link is going to 
you know, bring that together or in, in, in potentially so can Quan. So yeah, man, I look at that chart on link. Look, and actually you're on the, uh, uh, yeah, look at that. That was as low. Wow. It's already two X apps. We're already at a two X. That's what's phenomenal about the crypto market, Johnny. People act like this market's been stagnant. If you bought Chainlink a month ago and you and you just entered the market, you begin your dollar cost average process. You were buying this thing at six dollars, and today we are sitting above eleven dollars at eleven dollars and six cents. And this is the best part: we're just getting started. But tones, I know you got some comments. Floor is yours. You know what? One of my favorite coins is GRT, the graph token, and. Its highest all-time high was $2, and right now it's currently sitting at $0.10. Cents. And I love what it does. I definitely recommend going to check it out. It's definitely one of those coins that this is not financial advice, but it is definitely one of my coins that I always pay attention to because it's an indexing protocol for querying data for networks like Ethereum and IPFS, powering many applications in both DeFi and the broader Web3 ecosystem. So it's definitely something that's big and out there, and I love GRT, and I definitely recommend taking a look into it. Shout out to Tika Tawari. He actually talked about that project in 2020, and I got exposure to it at that time. But this is what we're showing right now. We are showing the Quant Network price chart, and this is one that's been performing extremely well since mid-October, going from $85 to about $110 yesterday. But look at this, Johnny. It's long overdue. This project has pulled back massively since the bull market. And if anybody... Yeah, if anybody on. remembers, please give me a minute. Uh, if anybody remembers, we were at $45 back in June of four, back in June of 2022. And during a bear market, no optimism in the market whatsoever. We went from $45 to $220. And at the time, we were talking about this almost every day on Good Morning Crypto, Johnny. I'm sure you remember back when I was underneath the staircase, my friend. But I do want to kick it to you for some comments on Quant. You obviously pointed this project out, first of all, two, three years ago to me. How do you feel about about everything going on today? You think we're headed up, or is this bear market still going to continue? Um, well, I mean, we're we're coming. I think you know, you listen to Yusko, he'll tell you the bear market's over. The bear market ended once we bottomed out at fifteen, and, and we switched and we capitulated there. We are in the beginning of a bull run now. Okay, and if you look at the Wall Street cheat sheet, it literally looks like that chart you just had. No, not that one, but the chart you had on the screen that it literally looks. Just like that, as we're heading into the next, you know, pump, if you will, or bull run. So uh, I believe we are at the beginning, the very early beginnings. That doesn't mean that we're still not going to go down. There's still one bear trap potentially left that I think we're going to see. I don't know how low it's going to pull us. Frankly, I don't care. I'm dollar cost averaging in. So, you know, when you showed the, the, the link chart at, you know, $5, you know, when you DCA, what's great about DCA is I, I bought some in the five and six, right? Because that's a DCA, dollar cost averaging. You don't look at the price. You just at a set time frame, you just buy, boom, boom, boom. And so when you DCA in, which is great, you grab some at, you know, at the low price, you grab some at the middle price. And sometimes you end up grabbing some at the high price unless you stop DCAing, right? Um, but when I say high, I mean, when you're in the beer market, of course, you don't want to be DCAing in a bull market. Just for the record here. So, yeah, it's a very exciting time, Mavs, that we are headed, I think, to answer your question, we are headed, we, I think we're in the beginning of the bull run. I think there's also going to be some bear traps. But, yes, we're going to start to see at some point, maybe three, six months from now, we start to really see it heat up again and get exciting.
completely agree with you, Johnny. And this is what I wanted to close the show out with today. Look at this optimistic news between the XRP and Bitcoin pairing. This person, Crypto Insight UK, commented, T-minus 18 days until blast off on this pairing. And he's anticipating an 87% gain because history, maybe it doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. So, Johnny, give me a minute here. I'm also going to use the live chat poll to close out the show. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, everybody gets excited on these little charts here and there, and then 20%, 50%, 80% up. You know, I, I'm really sitting, me personally, Abs, this, none of this stuff kind of gets me uh, that excited. I'm looking more for, frankly, I, the reason, let me tell you why I don't get excited by stuff like this. The liquidity is what's needed to drive anything up sustainably and high enough to get me excited. That liquidity, I mean, unless there's something happens in 17 days that brings it like the Bitcoin ETF approval, I don't see that major flow of liquidity to bring us from 1 trillion to 3 trillion coming in the next 17 days. But nonetheless, people get excited. And if you're a day trader, this is something to get excited about. Uh, I don't know. I The reason why is... How many times do we go on Twitter and see a chart like this being posted and somebody saying, oh, in the next so many days or in April, blah, 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 or whatever, right? How many times do we see this, right? I mean, I see this all the time on Twitter. So quite frankly, when I see stuff like this, I kind of just ignore it at this point. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's best just kind of do your own research and figure out what you best think. Don't go by what other people think because... If you go by what other people think and they're wrong, then you're just going to be pissed that you followed somebody who was wrong and be pissed at yourself. So Absolutely. by your own gut feeling. And we got um, this very interesting user poll that we ran during the episode. It said, do you agree XRP is going to break above $1.90 next year? 88% of our voters said yes. 12% said no. And there were 316 votes overall. But we got 387 live lists. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Johnny and thank you to NFT Tones this morning. We'll see you guys in 73 hours or 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go. Enjoy.